break point. Honestly, I mean, I think we do have some easier games coming up on the schedule here, but this was kind of the break point to me. I thought, you know, we needed tonight, and I understand Lonnie Walker didn't play due to, non, I believe, non-COVID illness, and Dennis Schroeder and Thomas Bryan are out. But to me, those aren't difference makers, um, and I'll get into it tonight. But I, I just think that first quarter kind of told me where the team is going, and I get, like, the second quarter was great. I think our defense is legit, and we showed up tonight why we showed tonight why we were in a lot of games but man when you're down 17 to me in the first quarter um that kind of tells me like a sense of urgency that that wasn't really existing uh a sense of kind of belief in where we're trying to go LeBron had it going in terms of his jump shooting but I never felt like they were shots that there were shots that the Clippers really were fearful of if that makes sense like and I tweeted tonight like what are we doing this year like seriously what are we trying to do and that's the answer that we're going to have to try to figure out like it's uh two and nine again kind of tells you where your team is I mean there's a point where you can speak all this process stuff and Darvin Ham I think has done a good job speaking on that type of stuff and building good habits and all that stuff is extremely extremely important but at a there's a point of like there's a point of failure to where the process has to meet results and we've kind of failed there. And just to kind of give an idea here, cause I think um, it's kind of important. We're two and nine. And so obviously to get to back to 500, you have to win like seven straight uh, to get back there. Looking at the title team, uh, their biggest win streak was nine. Um, just to kind of put in perspective, like how hard it is to make up these type of games. And that was a extremely dominant team from start to finish. Um, and their longest, actually, yeah, I believe their longest win streak was nine or was it 10? Either or. It's very tough to make up that type of ground. Um, and I heard, you know, on the broadcast, they kept talking about, you know, the Lakers' titles, aspirations. And, and to me, we are so far away from that. Um, and I think it, it surrounds, obviously, on our stars. It surrounds on the core of the team. Uh, and teams are just too good to give up the type of first quarter we gave out to and I expected some type of sense of urgency tonight. We've had the Anthony Davis uh, miss the post game uh, recently, right, uh, of a game. And we have all the talk surrounding his offensive play. Uh, he took five shots, I believe, in the first quarter. He went two for five. A lot of that on lobs and stuff like that. Um, again, LeBron, everything was a jump shot. Uh, he did get to the rim a little bit. I think he thought he got fouled on some. But, I mean, four free throws for LeBron, four free throws for Anthony Davis. Uh, Paul George had nine himself. I mean, I'm just, I get we can blame refs all we want. We can say they get a bad whistle. There's a point of aggressiveness that's just, um, that just isn't there to me. And there's a, maybe it's just a combination of, you know, the belief not being there from the team or like the Russell Westbrook situation, which I think he's played well. Um, and I'll get into him a little bit later too. But it's just this culmination of just, unseriousness and you watch the Clippers play and they haven't been a great team. They're what six and five now, but there's like an organizational like standard that they've obviously set to where when they play, there's like a set of things they do. They know what they do on the floor and it's all consistent. Right. And even when the Lakers made their run tonight, there was never a point I thought we were winning this game. Uh, there was a couple plays out of a timeout. We make a run and the Clippers just automatically know what they want to do because they've had players that return. So they run this um, 
wing side ball screen, empty side ball screen with like Reggie Jackson or John Wall. And it's like a kick out to Norm Powell, a kick out to Luke Kennard. And these are just guys who like absolutely understand their role to a T, right? Like they, they understand their role extremely well. Luke Kennard started tonight. He starts sometimes, sometimes he doesn't. Um, but they just have, uh, they have an organizational standard that's been set. And that's what happens when Ty Lue's been the coach for a long time. That's what happens when you, when you pay players that perform well, right? And I think that's what we're seeing here. We're seeing a failure from top to bottom, honestly. And it's been frustrating to watch these minimum guys who do play hard. But, I mean, I couldn't believe it. I know they were on the roster, but this lineup went out, I believe, in the first quarter, end of first quarter. It was Russell Westbrook, Kendrick Nunn, Max Christie, Troy Brown, and Winning Gabriel. That's with, that's in a game that LeBron and AD both play, first of all. And again, I don't know why we're having minutes without at least one of them on the floor when we're two and eight. Like, if this isn't urgency, I'm not sure what is. Or maybe we're just not feeling like uh, this is the season to do that. I don't know. But yeah, that number one, that shouldn't happen. But I saw that lineup, and I'm just thinking, number one, I'm guessing that's a lineup to kind of maximize Russell Westbrook to like have him have space. But that lineup like against a team who obviously the Clippers have a ton of NBA players, but like you look at that lineup and it's just like who's guarding who and where's the offense coming from? Kendrick Nunn looks like he's on the fringe of being in the NBA and I, that's not the Lakers' fault, but like again Max Christie is out there for to be a defensive wing um who's a who's a rookie, so it's and then, obviously, I like Troy Brown a lot, but he's at the power forward, so he's playing up a position. And then you have Winning Gabriel, right, out there, who's just a try-hard big. And I say that in the most endearing terms. Like, he's a guard, he's a big that plays hard, runs down the floor. But then you counteract that with Zubac, right, who's a legit uh, $10 million-plus, I believe he's making that much, uh, center, like a mid-level type of contract center. And it's just, like, the roster is so imbalanced in terms of, where the league is at, and uh, it's just uh, extremely frustrating, and I think that's kind of the culmination. I think you are what your record says you are eventually. These games have been close, but none of the games I thought, like, other than maybe against Portland was the game where I think we should have won, but all the others, we've gotten our butt kicked, Um, and I think some of that is our system, and we have a coach trying to implement, you know, his defensive philosophies on a roster that probably won't be here by February. Like, it's a lot of stuff. Uh, that's just not adding up and I guess I can kind of go through the game I mean it's hard to really even get into the basketball but I mean like they made a nice run in the second quarter we've been making runs in the second quarter honestly I think most of that was Markeith Morris Reggie Jackson taking awful shots and combined that uh, LeBron's jumper was going in uh, thought Max Christie did a nice job defending um, but the Clippers felt in control to me of this game from uh from start to finish honestly and again I know the Lakers made some runs but it just never felt close and I'm shocked first of all it's a home but I know it's a Clippers home game but the Lakers are at home as well um and just a game I think there should have been a lot more urgency to that I didn't see uh and it's not just the lineup stuff it's the stuff we're running uh, we ran like three plays for Kendrick Nunn tonight when he came in. And I get we got to get Kendrick Nunn going. This isn't the time. Like, we're 2-8. and eight. Like, we need to win. We Like, this is not the time to get Kendrick Nunn's confidence going. 
and he, he's an absolute tire fire on defense as well. Um, but like, yeah, like there's just a lot of stuff to me that's uh, extremely, extremely confusing. And, you know, the broadcast mentioned it. We're missing Dennis Schroeder, Thomas Bryant. I'm honestly not trying to hear that. Like, I, I understand. I think Dennis Schroeder is an NBA player. I saw him in preseason. Didn't look like a uh, impact guy that's going to change your team. I watched Thomas Bryant in preseason. Didn't look like a guy that was coming and changing your team. Um, so, again, Lonnie Walker was out, which I do think is a legit uh, is a legit piece that we were, we were missing. But, yeah, the, I just thought, like, this game was out of hand. Uh, and, of course, the Clippers have a lot of stuff that they've been running for years, and they have the team that's been there for years. But still, it's a team that I think wasn't playing great, and uh, I, I just thought there was a sense of urgency um, that was missing from just the total team, like from coaches to players uh, in totality. I just thought there was a sense of urgency missing that I feel like the fans feel, um, but I don't think it's being reciprocated, I guess, back to us by the organization, right? We're being told 20 games, yada, yada. Like those are those are not stuff of an organization that feels urgency. And I don't know what league we're watching where you think this can go on for a lot more and you can salvage this season. And maybe this season isn't salvageable, but uh, like I tweeted, what are we doing this year? And I think, and the name of this, you know, show is what are we doing? That's what I'm asking. Like, what are, what are we trying to do? Are we trying to up Russell Westbrook's trade value? Like there's a, just a ton of stuff to me where it's all coinciding. Are we just doing LeBron's, you know, scoring record, which is an amazing record. Like, what are we trying to become? Uh, because I'm seeing a lot of like, again, the defense was fine in the second quarter. I think a lot of that was our second unit, right? A lot of try hard guys. You look at our starting lineup, LeBron a minus 17 tonight, AD, who, wanna go, who I want to go deeper on. Uh, he was a minus 10. Um, Patrick Beverly was a plus three. I thought he was in that kind of second unit lineup. He defended Paul George well. Honestly, I don't need to see Patrick Beverly going, talking smack to Paul George while Paul George is in like inferno, can't miss mode. But I thought he, he defended well. But yeah, like we're just in a malaise where... There's not a sense of urgency that I expected from a team that's two and nine. Like, it's not even Thanksgiving yet. Your season should not feel over. Your season should not feel like it's hanging on the brink of disaster this early. And that's what it feels like. I think LeBron came out trying to score. And again, I think most of that was jump shooting. Uh, the Clippers are a team that defend us very well. They've kind of defended us the same way the last four years. They front AD in the post. They'll give LeBron whatever jump shot he wants. They'll stay at home with everyone else and kind of just win the game the, with the math. They'll, they'll win the math game, right? They'll take way more of the threes than us. They create better shots. Um, and I think, you know, they, they have a masterful plan that's worked. This is their ninth straight win on us, which shouldn't really matter to this current iteration of the Lakers, I guess, since the roster has flipped. But, again, you shouldn't lose nine straight times to the same team, especially one that shares your zip code. But that's neither here nor there. Um, let's get an AD because I think I think this is important and I think uh, no matter what happens to this team whether we ship half of them to Indiana or not uh, the Anthony Davis stuff has to be solved and I think he's been great on defense honestly and I and I get like him not wanting to play center is a is an extremely polarizing thing and he's talked about the physicality of it but that's the ask of this team um, and AD has been full-time at center, and it's probably not fair, but I need more than 7 for 14 from from the field. 
like seven for 14, you can get, he gets 10 shots off of a defense making a mistake on tagging him on the roll or not. Like that, that 10 shots is right, is there. There's no one else other than LeBron who should be taking shots for him. Lonnie Walker didn't play tonight. Who's a, who's a ball handling guard that usually takes shots. Like no one else he should be deferring to. And somehow, some way, the game just flows to where he gets lost in offense. And I think that's unacceptable. I don't know if that's coaching. I don't know if that's AD not being aggressive. I get the Clippers front the post. Um, I get that we double, uh, that they double uh, consistently on him. I don't really care, though. Like, I, I need AD taking way more than four. He, he finishes nine for 16. Uh, he had two field goals in the second half with three minutes left. And to me, the final 10 minutes were garbage time. I mean, LeBron went out, went to the locker room. Uh, it was within 10, 9, and went to 11 or something like that. But that was garbage time. He got a lob, and then he hit a mid-range jumper. But there's just no reason that uh, he should be taking five. I believe he took five shots in, until the end of that second half. And I've talked about it before. I think this move to make him a full-time big man like, I get it. And again, his efficiency looked great again tonight, 9 for 16. Um, but number one, none of those shots, like the lobs and the, you know, the catching in the lane and finishing, those don't pressure a defense. Like, they don't scare a defense the way or impact uh, how a team defends you the way like that uh, superstar Anthony Davis should. And it's why I think this is important because, again, whether this is the team or not, and it's likely not, there's still AD second half issues are still going to be a problem no matter who the roster is, honestly. And this has been an issue all season, no matter who's been healthy. Um, and I don't know if that's a conditioning thing. I don't think he's speaking on that. Maybe he's not fully healthy, but uh, there's a there's something that needs to be solved there and to where it's not just all pick and roll or where he has to be so reliant on Russell Westbrook or even Patrick Beverly to get him the basketball. Right. And I think that's the place where I'd love to see his aggressiveness, aggressiveness come up. He was nine for 16. I don't care if he goes nine for 30. Like, I'd rather see that, honestly. Like, I'd rather see AD go nine for 30. Put up, get your floaters in, get your shots in. Uh, this team, number one, isn't good enough offensively for him to float like the way he does. No matter how good a shot we create, him like going to the rim or putting his head down or getting to his like bump and floater is probably a better look than right now, at least some of our guys or wings, even shooting threes. Right. And I think that's, that's a major issue to me, whether we trade Russell Westbrook for a buddy Hill, miles Turner, whoever it is, AD needs to be the best or second best player on any Laker team that has any kind of uh, chance at doing anything. Again, I'm not even talking winning a title. I just mean like getting to competent offense or a competent basketball team. Uh, they need Anthony Davis playing well. And uh, I think this this idea that he can just float through and, you know, he can dominate on the defensive end, which I think he's done. But the ask is a two-way monster. Like, that's the ask this season. I'm sorry. Like, that's what it has to be. He's getting the superstar max. You know, he's 29 years old. Like, the ask is a two-way monster. He can't be, uh, I don't want to say Rudy Gobert, <laughs> but he can't be, like, a defensive only and then just a pick-and-roll big right that gets jump hooks and floaters like that that can't be what he is this season and uh I think that's kind of what he's been reverted to what, what he's been turned into uh they've obviously told him stop shooting threes they've obviously told him stop taking his mid-range pull up so much and I get that to an extent 
Um, but I'd still like to see his game opened up a lot more because I think there's a, uh, the world where the Lakers are good in this, whatever's left of this LeBron era is Anthony Davis being a two-way monster wing big. It's not Anthony Davis turning into uh, whatever center you want to put him, uh, a defensive monster, and then being like Clint Capella on the other end. Like that's not where Lakers are going to win. And if he is that, that changes a lot of the structure that you need to build your team around, number one. Uh, that's not two top five guys. That's like a top 15 to 20 guy. And maybe, you know, that's still that's still a really good player. But then your rest of the team definitely can't be minimums uh, and vet minimum guys. So I think it's important. And I'm not trying to just pin this game on Anthony Davis because there's a lot of organizational issues going on. But uh, I think he's obviously going to be a constant here. I'm not trying to hear Anthony Davis trades, honestly. But after this Clippers loss and we're two and nine and I'm trying to see like things we're going to take. Right. I don't think the Lakers are training Anthony Davis. I think he's going to be a pivotal part of this season and next season, and we'll see from there. But uh, I think he's uh, his whatever he turns into um, is extremely informational on how the Lakers are going to move forward. Um, they're not going to come bring saviors to this season with AD looking like this, looking uh, more human or more mortal, right, than he's had uh, his last real healthy season. Uh, the last two, I guess, um, you can kind of pin context to whatever you want. But um, and I know there's other factors. He looks heavier to me than he was before, and maybe that was in anticipation of playing center. I don't know. The Lakers signed two centers. So, but yeah, I just think that there's a there's a lack of like make, keeping him involved, and he's too good a player to where we should have to do that. Uh, he should be demanding the basketball in a way. And Darvaham said that. AD has free reign to demand the ball whenever he wants, call his no own number, right? And uh, and I would like to see that a lot more. And we're running just – we're putting him in, like, 90% of his, like, possessions is just straight pick and roll or he's getting shots off of his offensive rebounds, right? He had one offensive rebound, and I think he went back up uh, with it tonight. But, like, like, his offense is totally pigeonholed into that, and that's just not what – it was when we were super successful. We won a title with him actually like eating up mismatches and teams switched too easily. I have in my notes here, there was a point in the, I believe the third quarter, the Clippers had a lineup where Markeith Morris was at, oh, sorry, not Markeith, Marcus Morris, sorry. Marcus Morris Sr. was at center and uh, AD was on the floor. They usually, Ty Lue likes to, match Zubac's minutes with AD, but uh, he had a stretch there where um, he just left uh, Marcus Morris at center to play AD, and I don't think AD touched the basketball, honestly. They had some pitch outs. I think Kendrick Nunn shot a three, um, but like that should be like a straight run to the rim. Uh, straight, doesn't even have to be a post-up or something where like we take advantage of that and we just allowed them to play small. I thought the Clippers played their best tonight when they when they played small. And then, obviously, Zubac, I thought, gave AD a lot of problems. Uh, we, had, we saw some similar things in the second half as well from the Utah game where, like, Markinen went right at AD and scored. I thought Zubac did the same thing. And, again, maybe he's getting wear down, and I don't blame him for that. I just – there's got to be an offensive aggression there to where, like, I, like I get he's efficient, but uh, we need his scoring. This team's not good enough uh, to score without him. And – uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's tough. And when you're two and nine, I don't know how many of these things um, 
really matter. But I think what what AD becomes does, and uh, it and I hope that can kind of fix. We have some easier games coming up, but AD at center uh, is what we've kind of committed to. We'll see when Thomas Bryant comes back, and if we're going to come into this, we need to find ways to get him going. Uh, he finishes with 21 points. I think four four of that was in garbage time, so he really had 17 for most of the night um, and has not touched 30 points yet tonight. I think he had 29 against Utah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, they need his scoring, um, and it's uh, it's going to be rough to win uh, without that. Um, won't go too long or so. We're like 11 games in. I think there's some like really key stuff that's popping out. And besides all the organizational stuff, all the trade rumors, I think there's just a few things that I think we found as like keepers here. And I think Troy Brown's a real keeper. Honestly, I think Troy Brown's been excellent. I thought he was a huge part of this game turning. And uh, he hit he had a bunch of big threes. He had a huge reverse layup. He's just solid, honestly. And I think he's the mainstay in that in that starting lineup. Um, again, this stuff is tough with, it's tough to see these, these positives when we're two and nine, but uh, I think he's been really good. Honestly, I don't think, th- and he was a minus one tonight, um, which I thought really didn't just display how well he played. I thought he made big, you know, he had huge rebounds when we needed it. He ended Clippers runs. He has more ball handling than I think, you know, he has been given credit for. Um, and, you know, you have to hit on all these minimum signings and, uh, I think they at least hit on the Troy Brown one. I think that's a that's a real keeper so far in this uh, in this short eleven game eleven game span. Um, and number two, I think we kind of need to switch our defense up. Uh, teams are really killing us on pull up jump shots. Uh, Cleveland, Utah, and again tonight, I thought Norm Powell picked that up. We're a real conservative kind of drop back scheme defense, and I think that's fine game to game. Uh, but again, I think like there's an urgency needed. Uh, like I think uh, we let Paul George come off and just he's way too comfortable. And I thought Pat Bev did a pretty good job. But any screen action, Paul George got a layup basically on a layup for him, which is a jump shot. And, I, you know, I, again, like these are things that I hope we see kind of change. And again, maybe easier opponents will kind of bring that out. Uh, let let us kind of free up our team a little bit. But I just think like we're we're a little bit too strict um with our with our coverages and and i thought the clippers really ate off that um and the league is just too good there's uh, there's usually like a guy who can pull up off a off a screen on almost every single team uh now and uh we're gonna need to kind of clean that up going forward uh to get some wins uh just a few more things i think I think I'm over the Kendrick Nunn experience. I think it was, you know, I think it was a fine kind of thing to try to experiment with. And I think, you know, he's been, he's been playing hard. I just like, I think the Kendrick Nunn experience has ran its course. Like, I don't think we need to try and uh, try to recreate that at all. Like recreate what he was in Miami. Like he's obviously not just not that player. And we're just not in position to just lose minutes. Like we are when he's on the floor, gives us nothing on defense and his offense is just straight is just gone i mean i know he had like 19 against utah again thought a lot of those buckets came uh when the game was kind of out of hand but uh yeah i think the Kendrick Nunn experience has you know he was our mle our tax for mle signing last season and and that's fine um but I, I just think like that's i think we've we've ran that course uh enough i, I don't think we need to revive the Kendrick Nunn experience and maybe we could do it when we're a little bit above water uh, but we're just not in that position 
uh, again, two and nine is just so ugly. Even when I say it out loud, I can't believe it. But, but, um, but yeah, like I think the Kendrick Nunn experience has been enough, enough, and our offense kind of stales to like try to get him going too much too when he's on the floor. Uh, we run these like double drag stuff just for him, and defenses just don't care about it because he's like six one, uh, and his release is a little bit. Uh, strange so like teams don't really guard it or he doesn't really create the type of defensive pressure that you would hope a scoring guard like he him would and I feel like he's in his head um and again we're just we're just losing at a pace to where I don't think we can survive you know uh those type of minutes or the lineup I said earlier where it was like none Christie with Troy Brown and winning Gabriel like that's not an NBA lineup right like that's just I get Darwin Ham's trying to survive but Number one, the Clippers are too good for that. They have too many, not just NBA players, above average NBA players. Um, and we're just not in position to be, uh, we're just not in position to be like experimenting in that capacity. And uh, yeah, it's, it's rough. I, I mean, like all this process stuff is, is fun and it's fine when you're like trying to build. And even when we're 0-5, I was like, okay, like we can kind of get to some stuff. We can kind of find some stuff that works. Uh, but it's it's the danger zone time. Like this is every single game from now on is pretty much a must win. I mean, we played the Kings on Friday who had a hell of a game against the Warriors um, and kicked our butts in preseason as well. Uh, And then the Nets on Sunday with Kevin Durant coming into a Nets team that's playing well. Like there's no, and every single one of those games, like have no margin for error um, because we can't shoot. And plus we need to like stack wins. Like it's just a really confusing time and, uh, and it's why I think we need to figure out what we're doing this season. And I think these next games will tell us. Um, but the team also needs to decide as well. Like, again, we're two in – and I get the – I know I get, like, he's uh, – it's not to put all of this on him at all. But this is, like – to me, this was a huge game. And AD played 35 minutes. And maybe his back's not okay. Maybe that's, you know, load managing. But, like, to me, I thought this was an important game that we needed, especially when it was close. Um, at the end of the third, I think the Clippers went on a little bit of a run. But, like, this was a game I thought, like, we could have at least had a chance. And AD sat to, like, the seven-minute mark of the fourth, which I'm, I really don't understand. I, I didn't know the, the thought process behind it. And again, they have their own reasonings. But I just, like, again, the sense of urgency just isn't there for a team to me that's two and nine. Like, two and nine, your hair should be on fire. And that's not what I'm being rep- – that's not what's being represented on the floor. Uh, the defense is not doesn't tell me that, especially in the first quarter. Again, the second quarter, I thought our second unit came back and played hard and played the way we should. But I think that was combined with a lot of just terrible shot making from the Clippers, uh, bad shot selection as well from guys like Reggie Jackson and, and Marcus Morris. Um, and then they they really got in control in the second half. But yeah, this is a uh, it's tough. I two and nine is two and nine, man. And there's no sugarcoating it. That's a that's a rough, rough way to start, and there's just no margin for error on where we can kind of go with that without adding wins. Again, we have the Spurs three times coming up, and we have uh, the Kings and the Pistons, and those are games that you should be able to win, um, but the NBA is tough. You can lose on any night, and uh, to have those games be just all must win is, is a really tough situation to be in. So I hope we kind of figure out where we're going with this, where the – where the team wants to go with this, where, you know, the stars want to do. Obviously, LeBron left early with a left ankle soreness. That's that's a little scary. Um, but, but yeah, I think there's uh, – we're, like, at a fork in the road um, where not just management, but 
the coaching, the players. Like, we're at a fork in the road where uh, we kind of got to decide what, what this season is going to be. Because uh, even though it's only 11 games in, um, it gets late early in the NBA. And uh, the, there's too many good teams to kind of just play this back and forth. So uh, I hope we kind of figure out what we're trying to do. Uh, I didn't even get into Russell Westbrook, who, again, I thought had an okay game. I thought he didn't really play well in the first quarter, picked it up with his pace. But uh, it's kind of separate to me. I, I, like, there's there's a lot of things going on, and I'd, I'd love to kind of have our team um, kind of figure out. Because we saw on the other side of what that looks like. I mean, Clippers, even though they haven't played well, they know exactly what they're doing every night. Every play has a purpose. Every screen has a purpose. Every defense, every offense they play has a counter to it. And uh, we are so far behind just to get to there, to uh, whatever they are, seven and five. Like, get to that level of competency. We're so far from that. And uh, I hope that changes. <laughs>